Alrighty, everyone, we're going to go ahead and get started. Welcome to the next panel, or welcome to the live episode of the CAV Sports Podcast. It's the first ever live show, and we have a special guest with me here today, Butterbean the Boxer. How are you doing, Butterbean? I'm doing awesome. It's great to be here. That's great. How are you liking Lubbock so far? Oh, I love it. I fought a guy from Lubbock probably 20, 25 years ago, uh, Paul Springer. And yesterday, he come ahead and stopped by and see me. So it's pretty good. Good, re good, re good reunion. Was that a pretty big shocker when Pete brought him out? I had a really good time. That's awesome. I was more happy that you, like, he was, I know when he kind of came out, he was saying he's a little nervous, he may not remember him. So I, I know it meant a lot to him that you actually, you kind of remembered him. Well, most, most TV fights, you know, normally you remember the TV fights. That's awesome to hear. But, but man, I want to start from the beginning. Like, what got you into the world of boxing? Like, where did it all start for the love of the sport? Well, I was working at a factory, and one of the local lightweight guys... Well, I had a feedback. One of the lightweight guys fought in the jump band contest. So I started fighting in it, and uh, I just fell in love with it. I mean, I was, at the factory, it's making anywhere from 2 to $500 a week, and that's with overtime and everything. It's been a long time ago. And you make $1,000 for a weekend knocking people out and not going to jail. I said, sign me up. That's definitely the way to go about it, especially, you know, if you're really into fighting like that. So, where did it, like, start? Like, where did you kind of, like, kind of get, like, your boxing matches, like, your career going? Well, most of us started in Alabama, and I moved to Michigan to train with a trainer named Kurt Murray Sullivan. He fought Michael Spings, Tommy Hearns. He fought a lot of the great, great fighters. He also is a former world champion. That's awesome. So, I did see at your table and kind of, like, heard, you know, kind of talking about it. You, you were in a wheelchair for a while. And you know, it took a while to get your recovery and get your, you know, be able to get back on your feet. Can you kind of explain like what happened there? Like, what was that whole process like, you know, physically and mentally for you? Well, for, for three years I was in a wheelchair and I tried tried everything until a wrestler named Diamond Dallas Page got a hold of me. He says, "Look, I do this thing called DDPY, which is basically yoga for men." And we, I moved to Atlanta and done a reality type show, like a docu documentary. And the main reason they wouldn't do my hips, I was too big, but the hips were so bound up with the muscles being tight and everything, they wouldn't do it. So after four months doing that, they was able to do both hip replacements, and I'm, I'm ready to fight again. You hear that, everybody? He's ready to fight again. So speaking of fighting, you had a illustrious career. Let's start with boxing. Who was one of the, like, your toughest opponents you've ever went up against? Or opponents or opponents? Well, probably one of the most experienced Larry Holmes. I mean, he just jabbed and run. Probably when I thought he was scared of me because the second round he went a straight right and I just smiled at him and said, that's the best you got. And he run the rest of the fight. Did you like try to play the mental game in that? Like you just oh, like, let's bring it on, like keep going or? In boxing, most of boxing is a mental game. If you can have the opponent beat before you get in the ring, that's a definitely a plus. Was there like all oh, your opponents like that when they went up against you? Whenever they were like, oh, I got a face butterbean, they just see you come out. They're like, yeah, no, already, I'm already not going to win it. Yeah, a lot of them think because I was big, I was slow. Once I, once I, they tried to hit me and I moved and, and got to them fast and they, they thought twice about it. I mean, I would definitely think twice about that as well. So, whenever you like had a like, obviously you said like they thought you were not as fast. You know, what made you stand out differently from the other fighters that you would say like fight a little bit faster than you? Well, I, I enjoyed fighting. I was really quick for my size. You know, you get 350 pounds, you move like a 200 pounder that surprises people. Would you say that there's like any other fighter that's kind of like you in that sense right now? Well, the key, the key thing though, if a younger fighter, if they take after me, I had fun when I was fighting. 
Make sure you have a good time. You stay more relaxed and you have more energy. It makes the fight more entertaining for the people that's watching. I pay the money to watch because that's who you're there for. So, like, just have fun with it and like, just enjoy what you want to do. Yeah, if you enjoy life, you go a lot further in life. That's, that's just honestly just great advice. Either way, boxing or not. People that hate their job, they need to find another one because, I mean, if you're not happy at your job, it shows and reflects in, in the way you're performing your job. So if you, if you find a job you enjoy doing, it makes life go so much easier. I mean, that's wise words to live by. So I want to move on to when you did your match in WWE. What was it like preparing for that and that WrestleMania fight? Well, at that time, I was fighting so often. Sometimes I was fighting up to three fights in a month. I was, I stayed training. I never got to not train. And now we dropped down to three one-minute rounds. I used to fight in three-minute rounds. So I went back to my old tough man days, and we fought three one-minute rounds. So the training dropped down. Instead of training for three and four-minute rounds, we dropped down to one-minute rounds and just pushed, just give everything we had. That's awesome. So I want to move over to MMA. Obviously, it's very different from boxing. What was the training regimen like? How was it? How did it stand out differently from boxing? Because I know there's the comparison of which people, which one people think is tougher, boxing or MMA, at least training-wise. You have experience in both worlds. Which one would you say was a little bit more a rigorous training? Well, it's a lot more training in MMA because you got to train for your stand-up game like boxing, and then then kickboxing, your tie, and then you got to train for the ground, which is jiu-jitsu. So there's a lot more training involved. The first couple matches, I never really trained for the ground uh, until I moved to America Top Team, you know, in Florida, to America Top Team, and trained with them, and that helped a lot. Was there any like trainer that you like, like worked with that was like one, like not not necessarily like one of your best trainers, but like I would love to work with them again. Well, Laborio up in, in America Top Team, he owns it. I mean, it's, he's a, he helped me, he helped me be able to take take it to the next level. So when you said that you wanted to come back into boxing and do one more fight, like what kind of got you to that mental state of let's do this again, I want to run it? Well, you sit in a chair for three years and you get able to, get able to do what you want to do again. So yeah, that'll give you that drive. That's awesome. Now I did hear on Word Through the Grapevine is that if someone you want, you called out, want to fight him, he goes by Jake Paul. Well, what happened with that? Jake Paul made a bad comment about me in a magazine. The fight between me and Jake will never happen because he's too small. But Logan, I'll knock Logan out, then he can go beat up his little brother. So, Logan or Jake, who would you take? Would you, who, which one would you want to fight? Well, Logan would be the more feasible because he is the heavyweight. Jake's too small. Jake's too small? Like I said, I'll, I'll knock out Logan, then he can go beat up his little brother for making me knock him out. Everyone in the crowd, who do you have? Butterbean or Logan? Thank you. That's awesome. So, kind of prepare, like, what are you going to do now to prepare for possibly the next fight and kind of get ready for that? Well, I'm, I'm back on the training in Marisol, and we're going to work on things, and then uh, I'm still working with Dallas on, in yoga. You know, with DDPY, if you haven't ever checked out, I mean, it's amazing. It's, there was a, one of the videos I watched, a paratrooper that he was using polio crutches, could not walk. Within six months, he was in a full run. And that's just doing like DDPs, like just his yoga and just sticking to his regimen and sticking to, sticking to his regimen and sticking with it every day. Do it, and I mean, it's, it's amazing for people that have any aches and pains. And it's basically like a rusty bolt that's stuck, and you keep moving a little bit every day. Eventually, it's gonna go on and off really quick. That's pretty. That's that makes a lot of sense, especially since yoga. I know you do kind of a little bit more stretching, but it's a lot of like strength you necessarily didn't think you would have or 
at least muscles that you didn't think you'd actually be moving. Well, that and you're using your own body strength to make your muscles stronger. Your own resistance, or your own self-resistance to make your muscles stronger. That sounds great. So I did hear over this past weekend, you kind of have a connection with a current boxer right now, Anthony Ruiz. You have a cool story to tell. Do you mind telling everybody the story about Anthony Ruiz? Well, I, when I was, I fought in Mexico, Tijuana, Mexico. And I don't, I, didn't, I remember talking to him, but I didn't know it was him. Until years later, he recently sent me a picture of us together. And the, the kid came up, it was a really chubby kid. And he boxed, and he told me how he boxed. And he said, didn't think about quitting, stopping boxing. Like, no, I'm, I can't do it. Kids make fun of me. I go, look, you, you can go on a diet, you can lose weight, you can be fast, or you can just knock them out. But they're always going to be punk, bank punk bullies, no matter what. So eventually he went, she stuck with boxing, ended up, ended up winning the world title, Andy Ruiz, and uh, Andy the Destroyer. And he wrote me, you know, recently and sent me a picture of me and him together. He kept it for all these years. Do you still like keep in contact with him? You try to like go to his fights whenever you can, or yeah, just we, try to we watch talk, it? we talk on the internet. We talk on social media a good bit. Would you ever think about taking a sparring match with him? I would love to spar with him. Because I did see he did fight uh, the Gypsy King, so I mean that's pretty big for him yeah, and Wilder. Big fight, yeah. Big fights. Did you ever go like to any like professional, like even with his professional fights, or you just always just try to watch him at least? You know, I, I've, I've been so busy, I haven't had time to go to other fights, but he is one I would go watch. I would support him. Yeah. I mean, he's a great fighter. He's oh, doing an now. awesome job. You Tough see what he looks like now? He's cut oh, away. Yeah. He looks awesome. I mean, he looks like he could possibly go down the middle way if he wanted to. He's, he's dropped down the way a good bit. So, sticking with the current boxers right now, what do you think about, because I know this is kind of a split decision here on what this is, but what do you think of the rehydration clause? What do you mean? So, uh, there's a clause that some boxers put in their contracts where they just they don't drink any water to make the weight get the weigh in or cut down and then they can rehydrate again. So well, what do you see, think about see, with that? that? That that will never affect me because I'm a heavyweight. That's only with the lighter weight guys. What happens is they would think they don't drink nothing for days and then they just deplete all the water out of their body, run their brain and everything. So they need to have the, the weigh in at least a day before. Because a lot of states they do it the day up. Which is shooting the day before gives the fighters plenty of time to rehydrate. Because I know when Delahoya was fighting, sometimes he gained 15 to 25 pounds overnight. Just water weight. I mean, I just see the videos itself and just like the way boxers and even MMA fighters do it to just try to cut the weight or at least make weight. That's why I'm like, it's so shocking that they, some people actually put that in the clause of the contract. So I didn't know if like well, anyone I mean, ever did that with you. A or? lot of them, a lot of them take water pills, which, I mean, my son had a fight and he was. 15 pounds off, we took the water pills, put them in a, a garbage sack, back up, put them in the steam room, he dropped 15 pounds in two hours. So I mean, the, the, the water's got to come from somewhere, and at a certain point, it starts depleting from around your brain and everything else, and it's dangerous. Some of the fighters lose way too much weight, that's where the injuries are coming in from, it's from the lighter weight fighters, not the heavyweights. I mean, you see it like just keep like heading down to feather and lightweight, just a lot more injuries, and a lot of them are blaming the rehydration cause. Oh, without a doubt. So, because like, I know one of the recent fights I saw, like that was like the team believes that that's where that's why the uh, the fighter's name is Ryan Garcia, and that's where some of them believe that the rehydration clause kind of messed them up because he had to go down in a way to fight Tank Davis. Right, but it was his choice. Yeah, it was his choice. He signed the contract and agreed to it. So, yes, I mean that's that's where people. Fighters should stay, I would say, within 10, 15 pounds of their walk around weight. A lot of fighters are taking fights 30, 40 pounds under their walk around weight. 
So kind of moving on from boxing and kind of sticking with it a little bit, what was one of the like profound moments in like your whole boxing career? You know, fight, going 10 rounds at home was a big fight. Um, a guy named Louis Monaco and knocked him out. It was a lot, you know. I, he, he ended up knocking out Buster Douglas, knocked out Kevin McBride, and McBride knocked out Tyson. So, you know, that was a really big fight for me. And then, would you say like winning the championship was also like another profound like moment for you, just winning those title belts? Oh, without, without that, I ended up winning three in boxing. Now, I want to know who gave you the nickname King of the Four Rounders? Who gave you that? Actually, Bob Brown with, with Top Rank Boxing. He like gave it to you like during a training session, or he, like no, after the fight, like no, you're the king. Well, what happened, what happened was we scheduled for an eight round fight, and because of TV time, they knocked down to four rounds. It happened three different times, and TV time kept running out. And I was knocking around the first time around and booked top Bob Brown, so I'm just keeping the king of four rounders and he'll take on anybody in four rounds. And that's where it stuck. It just stuck with you forever, and you're like, yep, that's yep, it? That's it. Exactly what happened. Awesome. So now I want to move on to being in the video game. What was it like seeing yourself being a part of a game? Well, it's kind of my first game. I was still working at Factory with the Tough Man game. That was back in the 80s. So when that first came out, I was, that was in the... I was in the Working in a factory and they had a video game out about it. And you just found out, like, did you find out one day, like, oh, I'm in a video game, or did they contact you? No, I mean, they, they, they got to get your permission to do it, yeah. And then speaking of being involved in something outside of your sport, we all saw you were in Jackass. Yep. What was it like? Like, did they just give you a call, or did you want to sign up for it? Like, how did that no, go? They, they called me and asked me if I'd knock out Johnny in a movie. I said, sure, why not? I thought it was a movie. I never even watched their stuff until I got, oh, we really want you to knock him out. I said, okay. Johnny goes, that's when I got really nervous when he agreed to it too quick. And you, did you want to knock him out or you were just like, oh, I guess there's somebody out for free? That's, that's what they wanted. I, I got no problem with it. What was, the, what was his reaction whenever you, you came on set and you were just fully ready and Johnny's like, did he just all over there crap his pants or did he just go like, oh. No, he's, he's, got, he's got gonads the size of this building. So I mean, they, they, they'll do any. If he'll get in there with a bull that's 1,800 pounds, he'll get in there with me, I'm nothing. That's valid. I mean, just seeing that scene, just you knocking him out in a second, I was like, wow, I cannot believe Johnny agreed to that. Yeah, animals are super, like, like with the bull, that, that would terrify me. Oh, absolutely. Just seeing them try it, it's, I could never do that. Like, I would probably back out of that immediately. I wrestled an 800-pound grizzly bear, but an 1,800-pound bull, that's a little bit bigger. What's up with the grizzly bear? How did you, how did you manage that? It was a thing called Man vs. Beast, and I wrestled it for, for the TV show. That, what was that like, wrestling a bear? It's, it's crazy. They're, they're scary. I bet. And you get to live and tell the tale that you wrestled the grizzly exactly. bear. Exactly. That was a plus. Because I know when I see a grizzly bear, I just know I'm not going to do that. So hearing you saying you did it and took them on and lived, awesome. Yeah, they're big, strong animals. That's for sure. Oh, for sure. So I just want to move on to like, your fans. Like, What are some things that you've kind of seen since you've been here in Lubbock and like kind of interacting with everybody? Have you, like, what, what kind of shocked you? It's great. I mean, it, I, you know, I love Texas. I always have. So, I mean, coming here and meeting the people, it's, it's a huge, huge fight fan. You know, the fight, it's a fight-type town. Have you visited like, any of the local gyms here yet, or you just haven't had time? I haven't had time, time yet. I've been pretty busy. No. I mean, it makes sense. I mean, if you did come in, though, a lot of them probably go absolutely, like, lost for words. Oh, without a doubt. So, do you, like, teach any boxing classes, or are you just, like, not yet? Me, me and my son, Trunks, I almost see he's fighting now, so, uh... But no, I don't, I don't, I'm not into training with people. I got, I picked up a couple people I've worked with, but yeah, a full-time trainer is not me, I'm more of a doer. More of a doer than a trainer? More of a doer. That makes sense though. So, so was there anything like you were a part of that 
you just you love it so much? Like anything outside of boxing, any kind of projects or anything you've done? Well, I make I make like handmade ink pens and things like that. It's my hobby. It takes the stress away from daily life. I would have never expected that to be honest. That's pretty cool. When did you like pick up that hobby, or when did that like that kind I've been of? Doing, been doing it for 10, 15 years. That and painting, I like to paint. Did you guys kind of just pick up a brush one day and say it's paint, or? That's it. That's all it takes, everybody. Just take pick something up and you got it. So, sticking with the fans here, has there any has there been any kind of like stories or anybody that brought you anything that kind of like shocked you or anything like that? No, nothing in particular. Nothing in particular. Yeah, nothing in particular. Have you gotten like a lot of like I've seen you a lot and I've used to watch you and all that? Oh, we get yeah, there's a lot of that. I appreciate that makes you feel better. When you, you know you're appreciated. When you can when you can do something that, that people appreciate that. Like if you cook a good home cooking meal and you get all oh, this is awesome, it makes you feel good. I appreciate it. Yeah, it always feels good to be appreciated. Am I right? Oh, without a doubt. I love the, I love the fans. I do. Awesome. So for this podcast right here, so I run everything. CAV Sports Podcast. We all like to follow Instagram, Facebook, CAV Sports. So we kind of stick on topics of the NFL. And if you have like any favorite team, not just the NFL, but anywhere else in sports. I don't watch all football. I don't. What kind of sports do you watch? I don't. Boxing. boxing so a lot of boxing. MMA, that's about it. Who's uh, your favorite boxer right now that you love to watch? Joshua's pretty tough. Joshua? Yeah, he's pretty tough. So what about in the MMA? Or UFC or whichever? I haven't watched that in a while because he's got too, too much politics involved. With Dana and everything or just kind of just how they run everything in that company? Dana has a lot to do with it. Dana has a lot to do with it? That's awesome. Uh, so, kind of sticking with the current generation of boxers right now, like who do you see that kind of being on the come up? Like, this caught your eye, you're saying that's, that kid's going to be good. Uh, I don't know. There's, there's a lot of heavyweights out there. I'm focusing on me right now. So, I'm going to see who's. Well, the, the whole bare knuckle thing with the, the, the. I can't think of the guy's name right now. He's a former UFC fighter. But he's the bare knuckle champ. Me and him's already talking about maybe a bare knuckle fight. But the money in the bare knuckles nowhere near what it is in boxing, so I don't see it happening. Yeah, I mean, because like bare knuckle is like what kind of like lesser known, and it's a little bit harder to like kind of get it's into. It's just them. now starting now. So the money's the money's quite not there, not there compared to boxing. But maybe like in the future, if it's still if you still open. Well, Fifteen, twenty years, yeah. Well, I probably will never do. This fight don't happen between me and him. It probably won't happen. That makes a lot of sense. So seeing, you know, you're watching boxing all the time. What do you think about the rise of like the influencer slash YouTuber boxing thing that, that that's starting to grow? That, them thinking when they can just start boxing, it's kind of crazy. So you know, like you said, the Paul brothers are fight you know, challenging people. It's not not ever really fought. Not in boxing. There's a big difference between boxing and MMA. You have to know how to box to fight MMA, but it's not the key thing. You don't have to be a great boxer. So like, obviously we've seen the, the Paul brothers do it, and now that you're kind of seeing like now more and more people, and I do agree, it is hard to already break into boxing itself. I believe it what takes about seven years to like before we get the, before we get the hang of it. It's not like other sports where you can either be pretty good at it or like learn it after a minute. You got it takes some time, technique and all that. So does, does it, do you see that like as an insult when some people say I can just go get in the ring and do it? You know, they, they, they've, been, they've been working on it. It wasn't like they just jumped in and did it. I mean, they, they've been training for a while, but, you know, with the social media background they had, they had, they had a big push. Oh, yeah, because we've seen the, I believe, the TikToker, like, boxing event that they did, and was, I don't know how it did, because I didn't watch it, but I do know, like, there were some people that were kind of interested because it's influencers boxing it out. But we're seeing how Jake Paul, you know, he's kind of fighting a little bit of boxers. 
Did you were you able to watch him and Tommy Fury fight? I did not see it. But you bring that up, I had two TikTokers on a card just recently. I promoted it. Uh, a guy named Jimmy Mooney. He calls himself the fastest and strongest. And then there's one called the Crazy Hillbilly. I had both of them on a card, and I've, I've done live live streaming on that. It went pretty well. It went pretty well. Who ended up winning that fight? Uh, Mooney's was a draw, and the Hillbilly won his fight. I mean, that's pretty good. So, like, would you want to see, like, more, pe like, influencers try to keep doing boxing? Or are you kind of just like, no, just think well, more I professional? Well, I think if you just take the influencers and have them fight other influencers, it'll be very interesting. That's what a lot of them, like, tend to do. I know, uh, KSI is trying to, I know he's trying to dip his foot into real boxers. So I know he's kind of trying to make the jump for it. But other influencers, I've, at least I've seen personally, like, I'm just like, I don't know if they should be getting in the ring. Uh, most of them, once they hit a real fighter, they're going to get knocked out, so... And that's the, kind of the example with Jake, is like he fought Tommy and he ended up losing. And I knew one of the things he said was he was annoyed by the jab. And I mean, you you boxed That's before. part of boxing. That's, that's, that's part that's of it, right? That's part of boxing. Because that's one of the that's, hardest things like, to deal with, right? Just dealing with a jab. That's the point of the jab. You know, when I fought Larry Holmes, he had one of the best jabs ever in boxing. Exactly. So when I hear people say that, it's a little bit more of like, that's kind of the point in boxing. Exactly. You got to gotta work around the jab. And I know he complained, like, Tommy just jabbed at me all day. And it's like... That's kind of the point. Exactly. So, but now he's gonna fight Nate Diaz. You know, Diaz will probably end up knocking him out. I, I do believe so. Jake, you're getting knocked out by Nate Diaz August fifth. I'll probably, I'll probably try to watch that fight. Cause that, I mean, I do like Nate Diaz. Right. But before Dana and the UFC take, took over, was there any like MMA fighter you liked at the time? Nothing in particular. I just enjoyed the sport. Just enjoy the sport. Yeah. Do you try to watch like any kind of like outside of UFC ones, like underground ones, or anything like that? Well, a lot of the, the like the, uh, I'm trying to think of the names of them, King of the Cage, and some of them, they had some pretty decent fighters. Would you ever, like, consider, like, getting, if you had that opportunity, would you ever consider getting in the UFC ring, like, with any of those, any of Dana's we've fighters? Talk, we've talked to them prior in the past, so, I mean, don't tell them what's going to happen in the future. So do you have like kind of a little insight about your next fight coming up? Do you know who you're, you're eyeing for an opponent or? We're, we're working on three different people right now. I really can't talk about it because I need a lot of talk. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But you're working on it. It's in the works. Every... It's in the works right, as, a, as we speak right now. You guys heard it right here. He's working on a fight. We don't know who yet, but he's working on it. So kind of just moving off of this and kind of just being here today and being here in Lubbock, what kind of drew you to West Texas Comic Con? Matter of fact, Tracy gets the Power Ranger, Yellow Power Ranger. They got a hold of me and told me they were coming. And we do a lot of shows together with them. And I, I checked out. The con looked really good. They, they did a great job. So I'm excited about being here. Did you see that? We have the Rampage Wrestling out. Of course. That looks great. Have you checked it out? Checked them out yet? Or I have seen them, over. I've seen them over. I've heard them all day long. So yeah, I'm going to watch a couple matches later today. So like they're a, they're a local Lubbock like wrestling like company like do you like what do they call the indie the indie circuit yeah the indie you circuit you don't have the indie circuit you don't have the WWF uh, yeah or WWE or WCW you don't have to know that without indie guys that's where everybody starts no I completely agree a lot of even the bigger names now came from the indie scene a lot of the bigger names are going back down and doing a lot of indie shows yes like uh I believe Seth Rollins currently right now he, he was an indie guy right. And then Adam Cole was another one. He was part of the indie scene. So are you a big supporter of like the indie scenes and everyone just like get your start somewhere? Like everyone starts low. Yeah, you gotta start. If you don't start in the indies, you never make it to high ranks. It just don't happen. Would you say that's like a kind of a thing of life too? Like just always start somewhere. Well, it's like the, the, the Major League Baseball. They got their minor league. You gotta start a minor league for You don't just go from high school to the minor league. There's a few. 
most of them start going to the majors, then the minors and the majors. I completely agree. It's something you just you got to keep working at. And it's the same thing with this with this podcast as well. Just it's slow, but I mean, kind of just grow and keep working at it. But that's the same thing with life with everybody too. It's like you got you know you got to learn learn so much in the in the, in the minors, and then it brings you to a better better professional when you turn pro. I completely agree. So, final question before we end off this podcast here: Is there anyone like that's like in the world of boxing that like you got really close to, and you're like that's going to be like a long time like friend or individual in my life that I just kept with you years? Well, one 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 friend was Johnny Tapia, very good friend of mine. He passed away a while back, but yeah, that, that's one of the guys we've come close to. That's awesome. Well, that's going to wrap things up on this episode of the CAB Sports Podcast. Thank you to Butterbean. And thank you to everyone that came out. Thank you to West Texas Comic Con. Thank you guys so much. I hope you guys enjoyed the rest of the convention. Butterbean will be here all weekend signing autographs, taking pictures with you guys. But thank you so much for tuning in on the CAB Sports Podcast. And we'll catch you later.